0: Coffee Break Collection 13 Weather. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Patrick Wallace. An account of a storm of thunder and lightning near Ludgeon in Cornwall, in a letter from the Reverend Mr. William Borlase, M.A.F.R.S., to the Reverend Dr. Littleton dean of exeter extract from the philosophical transactions of the royal society 1753 read february 15th 1753 Ludgeon, february 1st 1753 reverend sir since you have received only a short and general account of the lightning in my neighborhood on the 20th of december last i send you the notes which i took on the spot in which you will excuse me although i should be too minutely circumstantial for fear i should omit anything which might contribute ever so little to give you at this distance a just idea of what happened about eight that morning i perceived the sky all of a sudden overcast in the east with very dark and red angry clouds and during the continuance of the clouds the wind very boisterous these clouds passed away and at intervals we had clear blue sky and then large clouds again attended with cold showers about a quarter before twelve there was neither rain nor wind but sunshine however some flying thin clouds were at this time observed to join and form a body in the north-west and then ensued one of the most shocking peals of thunder i ever heard attended here at Ludgeon with much lightning but it did no harm it was so also in the high grounds of st hilary next parish to this on the east where a gentleman travelling found all the downs round him on a sudden full of lightning but was rather frighted than hurt. but this thunder cloud broke about three miles to the west of this place in the side of Moilfra hill in the parish of madden where the marks of it when i traced them were as in the following sketches The first traces were an incision or scratch made in the turf about three inches wide and two deep, where the lightning coming up from the south-west at A, passing through the bank B, and issuing out of the bank in three streams, which united again at C, turned away to the north at D. About ten paces to the north of these breaches, there are more marks of the same kind, but not in the same direction for the lightning here came from the north-west, and passing upwards I observed the furrow which it had made to grow wider, and somewhat deeper, as it gained upon the hill, especially where it met with bank or stone. And some banks were five feet wide, which had their tops untouched, but were pierced through as with a bullet. This second furrow was, as all the rest, not in a straight line, but in a vermicular direction, AND WITH ITS TURNINGS LED US TO A CARN, OR LEDGE OF FLAT ROCKS, E. HERE THE LIGHTNING, PASSING PARALLEL TO THE SIDE OF THE CARN, H.L., CAME IN A DIRECTION FROM WEST BY NORTH, IN MEETING WITH A FLAT ROCK, F.I., WHICH IN OUR COUNTRY WE CALL A quoit, STANDING ON ITS EDGE, THAT SOUTHERN PART OF WHICH, I, DIRECTLY OPPOSED ITS PASSAGE, CUT OFF ALL THAT END OF THIS quoit AT THE DOTTED LINES, split the quoit into two thinner ones took off several splinters and left large spots of sulphur whitish like arsenic on that side whence the slivers were taken off on the top of this quoit there is a remarkable incision about three inches long and as many wide from which a piece of that quoit of the same dimensions was carried off and in the same manner as if a musket ball had been fired at it the lightning from this rock spread itself to the south in two branches, G and M, breaking and rooting up some stones, and making its way clear under others, and appearing again on the other side. These last-mentioned furrows were ten inches wide and a foot deep. Besides which, we found several places in the hill which had holes about a foot wide and six or eight inches deep, and several clods cut thin and clear off from ground which shows that as this lightning went like darts through banks and stones, and tore up the ground in many places like a ploughshare, so in other places it spread into an horizontal thin edge, which scooped up and carried off the little unevennesses of the turfy ground. The whole workings of this lightning were in length about a furlong from west to east. There were several people not far from the hill at this time, whose names I will not trouble you with, two women one half a mile the other but a quarter of a mile distant saw a smoke at the khan above mentioned as if several muskets had been discharged there a third woman not a furlong distant from the khan saw the town place where her house was as it were all on fire and during this dreadful thunder the sheep on the hill ran to and fro as if driven by a pack of dogs this hill of Movra is the highest land between North and South Sea in this part, about two miles from the former and four from the latter. The wind was at west and west-northwest. The first thunderclap was succeeded in less than a quarter of an hour by another which broke at a village in the parish of Gulval called Trithel, about a mile and a half to the south-west of Movra Hill, and was attended with the following melancholy accidents which, that you may the better apprehend, I have added a plan of the house showing the different stations of the persons who suffered. Thomas Oliver, a farmer of good substance and repute, was returned from the field about a quarter before twelve o'clock, and had all his family round him in the kitchen, except his daughter who was in the hall. There was a pan over the fire in the kitchen chimney, full of boiling water. The farmer was sitting by the fire at one, and his wife on a bench before it at two. Their only son, twenty-three years of age, was standing at the window, eight, when it lightened much, and the first clap of thunder spoken of before followed. This clap of thunder was so violent here that nothing was remembered equal to it, and the back door of the kitchen, six, which opened to the north, quivered the farmer called to his son and desired him not to stand so near the window lest the lightning should hurt his eyes upon which the young man removed from the window backwards into the corner of the room and sat down at three for this the apprentice boy laughing at him was chid by his master and luckily for him sent out of the room to take care of something without doors the lightning came from the west-north-west, and falling upon the stack of the kitchen chimney, which was about four feet square, and as much in height of hewed stone, carried it clear off from the house, and threw it into a pool of water twenty feet distant. In the chamber over the kitchen, directly beneath the top of the chimney, there was a little closet boarded in. All the boards were broken to pieces. The timbers of the roof shattered. Also the bedstead in that chamber. Of the chamber partition two planks were forced, a large clothes-press thrown, and the south windows of the chamber floor, excepting one casement, all broken and blown out. From the top of the chimney and chamber floor it descended into the kitchen below, where the family was. The farmer saw no lightning nor heard any thunder after the first clap before mentioned, but as soon as he had given the orders to his apprentice-boy as before said, was struck senseless with the first flash and thrown into the middle of the kitchen and continued senseless for a quarter of an hour as soon as he came to himself he asked who struck him but had not the use of his arms and felt an aching pain shooting as he described it into his bones and a brand-iron which hung in the chimney being thrown down into the pan of water had dashed the boiling water upon him to that degree that his life was in extreme danger for more than a fortnight after Mrs. Olivier, sitting at two, was struck down before the hearth, thirteen. Both her shoes, though buckled on as usual, were struck off her feet, but her feet not hurt, and being neither burnt nor senseless, was able to cry out for help, but could not move, for she had no use of her under limbs for a day and a half. The farmer's brother was at the end of a long table, at four, in the same room, and was only flung against the wall about three feet distant, not hurt. Mrs. Oliver's sister was near the back door at six. A plank of this door was started and beat in. She was struck senseless and thrown twelve feet off against the settle, twelve, which stood against the south wall of the house. The farmer's son was sitting at three. His coat and waistcoats, for he had two on, were torn into shreds, so that I could hardly distinguish where the pieces had formerly joined. His shirt had a rent two feet long down the back, and was scorched, his left shoe torn from his foot, and the little toe of that foot so near cut off that it hung but by a bit of skin. And he was quite dead. But though reduced to this lamentable condition as to his exterior, he was not moved from his seat, nor his face at all changed. His dog was lying at his feet, dead likewise, but never moved. The farmer's daughter, who received the shock in the hall, at seven, was struck senseless, but revived soon, felt a trembling all over, her feet tickling and partly benumbed and stiff as if sleeping. But perceiving in the room a cloud of smoke, and hearing her mother cry, she made haste into the kitchen, which she found full of smoke, stinking like brimstone. The lightning had left a mark quite across the clavel of the kitchen chimney, about half an inch wide, in an undulating direction. Broke through the partitions of the underfloor, thrown down the shelves, carried out all the south windows, forced up the staircase, blown out the north window ten, missed or spared a clock which stood close by the window at eleven, and being somewhat spent when it reached the hall seven, carried out the windows, moved not some Delft basins which were in the south window, but forced the door of a buffet fourteen at the end of the hall an inch and a half inwards and shook the eastern wall of the house to the very foundation. I proposed only to lay before you the matter of fact in the order of time, place, and degree as it happened, but I cannot help admiring the different motions, shapes, and effects of this lightning. The clouds over Moivre Hill and the village of Trethor, a space of a mile and a half, were so heavily charged with lightning that here they broke both the first and the second time and the thunderclaps were within a few minutes of one another as being produced but by two portions of one and the same congeries the general tendency of this lightning was as the direction of the wind at that time that is from the northwest to the east but where the principal explosions were as at the hill and the house many branches spread off in all directions nor were the shapes in which it operated less different than its motions. Sometimes, as it appeared to me at legend, it was pointed as a dart, in some places edged as a scythe. Now but one thin sheet or stream, then two or three, and then one again. Now it fell as several separate balls of fire, but upon the house as a large gush or torrent it was all fire yet of different powers according to the impregnation of its several portions subtle and penetrating as the electrical fire it affected shocked and permeated all the human frame some parts of it only scorched wood but did not melt iron as with lightning is very common some tore the leather and clothes some cut and wounded and some killed without wound or rent and other parts of this lightning again upon stone wood leather clothes and flesh only rushed and forced with the power of air put into a violent agitation all this happened in this place and all in an instant and although the clothes were somewhat singed as well as torn and the young man's skin round his waist was also scorched yet from the general effects of this lightning in both places i conclude that it was rather swift and irresistibly piercing Than inflammatory. The house stands very high, without tree or hill near it. I went thither purposely to examine into the circumstances of this melancholy accident, and after I had talked a little with the farmer and his family, and they had all, for my satisfaction, kindly entered into a detail of the particulars, the tears appeared in the eyes of some. Others, even then, though almost a month after the misfortune, trembled, and all faltered in their speech and could not go on with their story without frequent pauses i remain sir so your most obedient servant william borlays ludgen february second seventeen fifty three end of an account of a storm of thunder and lightning near ludgen in cornwall